Prime commercial. Um, we were the tenant rep division, meaning we were on the side that doesn't represent landlords. Yeah. Right. And there was uh, Pete and Vic. Um, we were head of the division. And I was a 23, 22, 23 year old kid working underneath them, working long hours, um, making 100 plus dials a day. Mm-hmm. And basically broke as hell for the first two, three years. And they called me in their office probably two and a half years in. And they told me, hey, we're quitting. We're starting Bespoke and there's there's a spot for you on the team. And, you know, credit to my 23, 24-year-old self, I didn't hesitate and I, I took the opportunity. Boom. Live. Another episode on Adversity Kings. Episode 30-something. Who knows? And we got... Steve, how do I pronounce the last name? Rosarmos. It's a goofy Greek last name. Okay, so. dope. Steve Rosarmos. So how long have you been in Chicago, bro? I was born and raised in the suburbs. Um, so grew up in Addison. Uh, I had a mom who was a teacher, a, a dad who laid floors, um, and really taught me, you know, everything I know, work ethic-wise, morals, values. Um, yeah. Went away for school to Iowa for four years and came back and Chicago's my home, and I'm not leaving it. So, so siblings growing up? Yeah, I got an older brother, older sister, my best friends. Yeah, uh, super close. Again, I'm Greek, um, so family. Greek huge. real tight knit. It's yeah, dude. I mean, my family wise, my family parties are nuts. Um, like got, Italian? Are there like Sunday oh, yeah. dinners? Yeah, and so the long story short, married my high school sweetheart, who's 100% Sicilian. Yeah. Right. So our family parties are absolutely insane. Oh it's yeah. First cousin, second cousin, third cousins. Yep. People who are not related. Um, but it's a ton of fun. Wouldn't have it another way. What do your What do your siblings do? So my brother uh, is an ops manager um, for a frozen food food company. Yeah. Um, they do like a three PL, and then my sister's a physical therapist for Atletico. Okay. Yeah. So Dope. it's uh they're great role models for me. What'd your wife do? Wife does PR for a medical software company. Um, but she legit is a rock star because she's a full time mom and. She works full-time as well. So. I know you had kids. Yeah, I got a little girl, Mila. Uh, she's about two and a half, and I got another one on the way uh, in May. Let's go, dude. Yeah, we're pumped. Rocking and moving. We are pumped. So what? how did your parents meet? That's a good question. I do know that they went to the same high school, didn't know each other in the high school, um, met through mutual friends in, uh, after high school, and, you know, I want to say they broke up, got back together, and yeah. uh, you know they've been together very young. Um, had us in their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, and um, they're the best people ever. So, yeah, yeah. So were they? Was your dad? You said he laid floors. Was he in a union? Yeah. So he uh, he started off in a union, then broke up into his own thing. Um, you know, hardwood floors. So I know everything about hardwood floor. You can ask me. I know it. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where I got my work, work ethic, right? I would see him wake up at five o'clock in the morning, go provide for his family. Yep. Um, you know, we would stretch a dollar. We weren't, we were, we were well off, um, middle class, never poor. Yeah. Um, but I understood the word no. Yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't get everything I wanted and had to earn. Um, especially being the, the, the baby of the family, right? Yeah. So I got the hand me downs. Um, got my ass kicked by my brother. Got my ass kicked by my sister. Yeah. Right. So. Um, very fortunate for the family I have without a doubt. So what was, I'm going to set up TikTok live or something. I don't know. Something. what was growing up like though, for you, like what were, what kind of stood out to you going through grade school to middle school and high school? Like what were some things that stood out to you aside from, 
you know, the, the, the typical, you know, cliche, the morals and values and things you got from your parents. But like, what was, what was your childhood really like for you? Yeah, it was competitive, right? Um, grew up with a brother who's a hell of an athlete. And so he was 6'3 and threw a 95 mile per hour fastball. I didn't get the blessing of those athletic gifts. So I had, had to fight every way I can. I had to be smarter, right? Yeah. You know, so I had to take advantage of where I saw it fit. And, you know, that really helped who I am today. And then also, I, you know, I learned um, the value of relationships. You know, most of my best buddies I've known since grade school. Yeah. Right. And um, I cherish those relationships like no other. Um, you know, my, my best friend I knew pretty much from birth. He's my next door neighbor. I don't yeah. remember meeting him. Um, and that guy would, I'd do anything for him, right? Yeah. Run through a brick wall for him. I'd take a bullet for him. Um, What's he do? He does, uh, he's like an electrician, right? Okay. And so, you know, Ryan, um, he actually just had his first daughter um, a few months ago and just, you know, he's a soundboard, right? Like he's, yeah. he's the guy I go to when I'm down or when he's down, he comes to me and yep. no, there's no filter. There's hard truths. There's hard conversations. We're not going to, we're not going to bullshit each other. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think it's so important to have those people in your life that are going to check you. Yeah. Right. Make you humble. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, I would just tell you those are the main things is, you know, I learned my childhood cause it was a good childhood. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Um, better than most, you know, I'm fortunate that way, but I learned that you know, you're going to have to work for what you eat. Um, and the people that help you along the way, don't ever forget that. Absolutely. So now is he in a union with the electrical? Yeah. Yeah. Electrical workers. Maybe. Yeah. I asked we're, we're unionized. Like, yeah, exactly. Company, so that's yeah. how we get all our leads. Yeah. Now, so specifically though, growing up, are there, were there any like, you know, I feel like every kid has like, you know, I always think of when I ask this question, you know, that, that movie, you know, with the, you'll shoot your eye out. What the hell is that movie? A Christmas story? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what are what like what's that one story or something for you growing up where it's like you did something, you look back, you can laugh at it, but like, you know, you really kinda of fucked up. You know what I mean? Like you made like a mistake or something like that. Obviously we got a bunch, but is there any like laughable you know what I mean, growing up where you're like, Oh man, I remember when we were kids and Yeah, yeah I remember we yeah. we made like a fire behind some car wash in the middle of the night. Yeah, I mean that's a great question because there's a there's a lot of stories just you know being mischievous and um it seemed like every day we were outside yeah right and what what trouble can we get into so different nowadays yeah yeah and it, it's a shame because i moved to a, a suburb in bloomingdale um and i look outside when i get home from work and there's not one kid outside right it's so weird and yeah so i would tell you, you know there was nothing crazy but the fact that you know we were outside from sunrise to sundown um no you, would, you would be like pissed if you weren't allowed to go outside yeah like, i was grounded like, from outside yeah you get right from, that, like, that was, would be the worst yeah and and so like and again remember there was no way of my parents getting a hold of me right yep. so i just be out on my bike getting in any trouble we wanted to get in yeah and little did know my parents know if i was okay or not i just yep. had i had to be home for dinner yep right if i wasn't home for dinner it was a problem yeah and then we'd eat our dinner beat. as quick as possible and get right back outside yeah right um but yeah i mean my childhood was you know, the memories are, you know, just good friends, good people. What uh, sports did you play? I played baseball, basketball, football, and then I focused on baseball pretty much in high school. Yeah. Um, and again, I was crafty. So, you know, I wasn't. What did you play, like shortstop? I was left-handed pitcher. Yeah. Um, and then for basketball, point guard. And then football, I'd play cornerback. And then, you know, slowly but surely, not slowly, I figured out really quick that I wasn't growing as quick as the other guys. Yeah, yeah. Right? So freshman, sophomore year of high school, 
I realized I had to rely on my wit, yeah. rely on my practice, um, anything to get an edge. And yeah. so I was able to compete with guys that are faster, bigger, stronger, because I would I would look for ways that they would just rely on their talent. Yeah. Right. Um, at some point that stops. Right. Talent and hard work wins when you don't have the talent. Um, and so, but my love for sports and team, you know, the team aspect, the locker room of sport. That's something that's never gone away. And so that's kind of what translated into my career is finding something like that. Yeah. Right. Something where I can be competitive, something where I feel I can go after and get it um, and have a team around me that's going to rah-rah. And um, that's the fun part about Bespoke, where I work, is we have that atmosphere. We have that culture. We're a yeah. team, right? We, we root for each other. We get hard on each other where, you know, if there's someone's not doing their job, you're out. Yeah. Right. We're not going to we're not going to sit around and watch you waste talent. Now, you went to the main University of Iowa? Yes. And was that scholarships? No. So it was uh, paid my way, yep. um, helped from my parents a little. And you know, What did you get I, a degree in? So I got a degree in communications, but I concentrated in law. Okay. So my goal was to be a lawyer. Yeah. I wasn't sure I wanted to pay $40,000 a year to go to law school. Yeah. I didn't think I liked lawyer, being a lawyer that much, so I tested um, the waters and stumbled upon real estate and haven't looked back. Um, and I'll tell you about education because to me, my generation is really indifferent on our college experience, yeah. right? Where we were the generation, the guinea pig of, you know, we had parents who really harped, you had to go to get a degree because yeah. you're not going to get a job. But they, no one saw the backlog of here's student loans for the next four years or yep. the next 10 years, right? And so I would tell you my money to Iowa was worth it, but only 50% of the reason was education. The other yeah. 50% was the experience I got there. Yeah. Learn how to talk to people, learn how to build relationships, meet someone new every day. Yeah. Right? That's where the value of college came in for me, where I can go to a bar with clients, have a few beverages, and not talk an asshole. Yeah. Right? I learned that without even knowing that in those four years of school. Yeah. Right. And so being able to talk to people and ask real questions and care and listen, um, those are valuable traits I got from school that I didn't realize I was learning. Yeah. So. Facts. So, and then did you play any sports when you were at Iowa? No, nah, just intramural stuff. I wasn't good enough. Um, yeah. My brother played on the, on the ball team there. Yeah. So that was the real cool experience about college was, you know, I got to go my brother for two years there. Yeah. You know, he lived in the apartment above me. Um, so all our best friends became best friends. Yeah. Um, and we had, we had a fun crew. So that's dope. Yeah. That's real dope. And then from college, did you have any internships or anything that stood out to you? Yeah. So I worked for a bullshit marketing firm for like six months. Yeah. Hated it. Um, didn't hate it because of marketing. I hated it because it wasn't good people. Yeah. Right. And so then I took a random interview with this guy who does real estate that happened to go to University of Iowa and fell in love with what he told me. And that's who my mentor is to this day. Yeah. Wow. So you went from that internship right into yeah. and so, and bespoke, right? So we were Chicagoland commercial. Um, we were the tenant rep division, meaning we were on the side that doesn't represent landlords. Yeah. Right. And there was uh, Pete and Vic um, were head of the division. And I was a 23, 22, 23 year old kid working underneath them, working long hours, um, making 100 plus dials a day mm -hmm. and basically broke as hell for first two, three years. And they called me in their office probably two and a half years in 
and they told me, hey, we're quitting. We're starting Bespoke, and there's there's a spot for you on the team. And, you know, credit to my 23, 24-year-old self, I didn't hesitate, and I, I took the opportunity. And then, so who's your mentor then? So Vic, Vic? San Miguel and Pete Billmeyer. Um, okay, and so they own Bespoke. They own Bespoke, yeah. So okay. They, so there was four of us who started it. Yeah. Um, me and another colleague of mine, Emily Smith, and then Pete and Vic. Okay. Yeah. So would you say like you and Emily are like the senior vice president sales reps? Me and Emily and there's another guy, Bill, who are the only ones that have titles um, besides the owners. Okay. Um, but yeah, we help, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in, um, we help build the thing, right? So, and then what, what is the, t- like, what would be the, obviously Bespoke is the, the title of the company, but what would be the description? Yeah. So Bespoke means custom tailored. Right, so bespoke. It's actually like bespoke, um, but we we say bespoke. Um, means custom tailor suit, pretty much. Right. Okay. So, in what language? Uh, maybe Latin. I'm not okay. even sure. I could be wrong on that. But so we took that to heart because that's how we sell our clients: is that we're going to learn your needs, and we're not going to try to fit you in a box you don't fit to. Yeah. The strategy, the real estate strategy, is going to be custom to your business needs. Yeah. Right. So we're going to sit down. We're going to ask you hard questions. Um, we're going to learn about your operation. We're going to learn about your goals going forward for the next 12, three, five, 10 years. And then we back into a real estate strategy. So very similar. What we're doing with you is yep. like, we need to learn what Tristan does for a living. We're going to learn, we got to meet his team. Yep. We got to, you know, see what his goals and aspirations are. And then we can start talking real estate. Yeah. Right. And we're, again, we're going to, it's going from, Hey, you feel like you want to buy a building. Well, let's go see if that makes some sense. Right, maybe this is the other avenue, right? And we yeah. just present all opportunities for you, and that's how we build loyalty and trust. Is because there's no agenda on our end besides learning your business and putting you in a position where, man, hopefully three years from now, Tristan can go and buy his dream building because of what we did for that three-year real estate strategy, right? So it's it's really cool and um, it's unique. And then, how did we get in contact again? So we got in contact because Cody, who you've met, um, had a good feel that you guys weren't a good fit in this building, right? And so we reached out via email, um, and you said, hey, I'll take a meeting with you guys. Yeah. And, you know, credit to Cody for... But how did he... So how did he know we weren't... like? Oh, old old school way, man. So we canvas buildings, right? So basically what happens is, you know, Cody probably walked this one day, Started on the third floor and went to every door and wrote down the company name and suite number. Yeah. Right. And then he went back to his desk, um, Googled it and figured out who was the, the head contact. Yeah. And then we, we, we start reaching out. Right. And so why we do that, because we can easily go online, get a database and make calls. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's a little bit of advantage like Cody saw with you guys. Hey, walk in the second floor. Something doesn't seem right here. It's probably worth reaching out. Yeah. Right. Where you don't get that when you just see Tristan Delavic, you know, sweet 200. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, that's again, old school way doing the work, not taking shortcuts. Yeah. Um, opens opportunity. So is that how you guys do a majority of your marketing? Would you say? We got, we have a marketing team. Okay. Um, but that's how we do majority of our getting our prospects. Yes. Okay. You know, it's, uh, we're a small company. So we have to wear many hats, right? Yeah. And the nice thing about it, because we are small, our splits are better. Yeah. 
right? So you're going to do a little more work on the front end, and um, but you'll be rewarded on the back end. And then how long has Bespoke been in business then? About seven years, seven and a half years. Seven and a half yeah. years. Oh, okay, dope, dope. So with that, what all does that entail? So can you guys do building as well? Like, can you build, like if somebody came to you and was like, oh, yeah. hey, we want to build a $10 million building, yeah. can you yeah. go out and find the property and find the everything needed to build this out? We have a whole division for it, right? So yeah. that's not my expertise, um, but we have the guy to do it. So, and it, that's the cool part. Now, of, would you contract that out? Like you would subcontract or, or you have it already like incorporated in We have in networks, right? Okay. So basically we know the guys that can help you build it. Yeah. So we'd help you find the land. We help you go through the whole experience of who you should hire to build it. The permit codes, the village codes, all that stuff. It's a lot. And you yep. need someone to help you that's done it for years and has years experience of it because there's going to be headaches. There's going to be hurdles you don't foresee. Um, not to mention just to get the best deal possible. Now, are you only licensed to do work in Illinois? Or remember you guys saying you have some operations in No, we can Dallas? do, yeah, we can do, uh, I forgot how many states out of the country. Our Illinois license goes to so, so many states in the country. I think weirdly it's not Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, we do deals in Dallas. We've done deals in Atlanta, California, Florida, all over. And so the, the cool part about us is we kind of, you know, we, we preach that we're, you know, we have this market knowledge, right? That it just separates us. Is no one knows these two buildings better than me, right? Well, it's impossible for me to tell you that for your Dallas office, hey, I know Dallas really well, right? I'd be lying. I only do a handful of deals in my career in Dallas. So what we do is we team up with the like-minded company that is based in Dallas, who we know is going to care about you guys and run the relationship the way we would, but you're still getting that market knowledge. Yeah. Right? So that's just so important is, yeah, I can go try to find your Dallas operation. And we're probably going to leave a few dollars on the table because I don't know how I'm doing in Dallas. Yeah. But I'm going to team up with someone who does. And he's going to say, no, Steve, push here, push here, push here. And ultimately gets my client the best deal. So the licensing's in different states. Is that difficult? Do you guys have to take a test for each state if you want to acquire no, a once deal? No, once you get the license. In your resident state, you can buy the other ones? Yeah. Same deal like life insurance. Yeah. And then we have to renew it every two years. Same. Yeah. Same. It's a money grab. Yeah. Same. So what would you say is like a successful, you know, deal start to finish? How, like, what does that all look like when it comes to getting approvals, permissions and write-ups? And what does that, what, what does the process look like for a successful deal generally? Uh, let's back it up. So I think I'll probably blow your mind with how long our deal cycle is. Oh, I can imagine. Right. So let's start from finding the prospect um, to get in the meeting to when is their lease up, to finding the space, to negotiate the space, to build out, right? So, for instance, you know, if we called you and you said, hey, my lease is not up for another three years, right? So now we have three years that you are a prospect to us, right? So how do we make ourselves look valuable to Tristan for three years before you can even make a decision, right? And so that's staying on top of you, you know, every you know, three or four months, just checking in, printing market updates, building that loyalty, building that trust, doing exactly what we said we're going to do. Yeah. So when time comes right for the meeting, you take it. Yeah. Right. And so then basically we took the meeting, man, when did we meet? August. Yeah. So, you know, we met in August and now it's February. So we went six months of trying to find a decent space for you. Yeah. We're not at the finish line whatsoever. And I would tell you, this is a quicker deal than yeah. most, 
right? Most times we meet with people 18 to 24 months from release expiration, and it takes probably a full year to get a deal done before we see a commission. So eight till you would say a year and a half till you see a full commission? Yeah, I would tell you between 12 and 18 months. 12 and 18 from months. From that first reach out yeah. to when someone signs a lease, right? And that's and this is brokering commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do any individual? I don't have any investment properties myself. Um, do you, but is, does, does Best yeah, Bet do any yeah, individual? Yeah, so Would it be multi-million and above? Like if you're going into like homes and things like that? I would tell you every deal is different. Um, and our client are going to, so we don't rep buildings or we don't own buildings, right? So that's important to know so we can tell you we're conflict free. Yeah. Right. So the only time we'll go and buy a building or, you know, we do have some investment properties that they, that my guys, little Vic and Pete will flip really quick. Um, but it's important for us to stay true to who we are and we don't rep, we don't rep our own buildings because it, it just leads to conflict free. But when our client wants to go purchase a building, yeah, that's when we get involved with this. So what if somebody said, like, what if I came to you and was like, hey, look, I want to get into a, get an apartment complex? I would probably refer you to the best guy. So you guys, so you guys wouldn't look to, like, not, let's go out there and find it and we'll help broker the deal. We would be able to kind of advise you on what to look for and stuff like that, but I would be lying to you if I said I'm an expert, right? So I'm, I'm so conscious of and take so much pride the in... relationship. Exactly. And... If I'm going to tell you, you should not trust anyone but a guy who does commercial real estate for a living, who doesn't represent landlords to do your office lease, how can I say, hey, Tristan, let me go rep you on this multifamily building and yeah. fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so luckily, I'm built, or my company's built in a way where we're not greedy and we don't need a good fee. And sometimes these guys will offer us referral bonus, referral fees and we'll just say, no, just do a good job. Yeah. Tristan's a great guy take care of him yeah because tristan's gonna remember when his friend's looking for office space here's steve's card he's your guy yeah right and that's how it that's how when we see it it's like that go-giver model yep right yeah, yeah. we're just keep giving 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 and good stuff's gonna come back to you yeah absolutely fire so i guess kind of with that what is uh what are some of like the challenging you know obstacles with 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 the deals that you you see that just typically occur or maybe they rarely occur? What are some challenges and obstacles that pop up when it comes to, you know, brokering these deals? I mean, I mean, first off, you look at it is you're dealing with a very high expense to a business, right? It's a top three expense. Yeah. And our clientele are probably held businesses. Um, so it matters, you know, with the money in their pocket, right? And yeah. So economics are always very sensitive and making sure that, the company can afford it and not put them in a bad spot, but also it's the flexibility of these terms and making sure that we can find you the right space, the right location, but it's not going to put you in a spot where you're, you know, it backs your business into a corner because you sign a 10 year lease and all of a sudden it's year two and you're a hundred people. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's learning up front, which I feel like we do a better job than most so we can avoid those hurdles and we don't try to put, you know, a round peg in a square, a square hole, right? Or square hole, square peg in a round hole. I didn't realize how challenging, you know, and, and how detailed commercial real estate was until I was 20 years old. And they sent me out to Lincoln, Nebraska and told me to go open up my own office. You know, I was a regional director, so I wasn't in ownership like right. I am now. But I had to go meet with local real estate agents 
and then go out and find and and I'm 20 years old so I can, can imagine you know a 20 year old coming up to you and saying you're like I got I got some money to spend yeah. you know what I mean and and you know I'm looking for for a place so luckily I built really good relationships with individuals that genuinely did care you know and then didn't just try to take advantage right. of me um but it was weird to I just thought I was like all right they're going to show me uh I'm in something I want clarity on right now is they're just going to show me like, Hey, look, this is 2000 a month. It's 2000 a month. You know what I mean? Whatever. But I remember, you know, going through lease options and going through the square footage and, and we would calculate square footage. Uh, but then there would also be like, you, it, it, in addition to the projected lease, then it was like flex lease or, or something like that. There was, there was additional things, you know what I mean? That was, that was taken into consideration. And I don't know, do you know what I'm talking about by chance? Yeah. I mean, they'll try to, so like when they when they show lease options, they show the square foot. Like, so obviously the dollar per square footage, but then there's additional expenses yeah. per either per square footage yeah, or something yeah, that's yeah. I don't know if it's state regulated or no or it's tax. Every, every building's different. Yeah, so it is tax. So basically, you were looking at a net rental rate, meaning here's the your twelve dollars per square foot. Yes. On top of the net rental rate, your tax and operating expenses. What is that called though? Is that the flex? Uh, it's no, it's it's just it's on top, right? So it's just tax. They, had a term. they they call it CAM, um, common area maintenance. I've heard that before. Yep. So, you know, it's and so like this lease you have here is a it's a modified gross lease. So your tax and CAM is built into your rental rate. Yeah. Right. And so what now? They, modified does that adjust annually? So modified is another tricky one, right? And this this is why exactly what you're saying, like how to understand all this. Yeah. It, 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 imagine being 20 in real estate trying to learn it, right? It, yeah. It's, it's, and every landlord's got a different definition. And that's why you need someone saying, what the hell does this mean? What does this mean? What yeah, does yeah. this mean? Because modified gross here might be different than modified gross there just because a landlord thinks it's different. Yeah. Right? So modified gross means, it, and try to put it really quick and simple, is if taxes in 2020 are $5 a square foot and in 2021 they're $5.10 a square foot. This is going up 10. You're going up 10, square, 10 cents a square foot. Yep. Right. So, but the shitty thing about modified gross is if it goes down to 450 a square foot, you don't see the benefit. But the net lease, you would. So, but but the the owner would obviously see the benefit on the 450 mm-hmm. drop, right? Yep, yep. And and they don't have to, you know, obviously educate you on that. No, I mean you give the yeah it yeah exactly it's uh, but it every ownership's different, man. Um, and that's why you know when we're going through these buildings lately, it's like it's important for you to have a good feel for the people running the, the business or building and the ownership of the building, even though it can change. Um, it's important that you have a broker as a relationship with the building, right? And he can tell you, I've done five deals with this guy. He's a man of his word. He's going to do a good build out for you. Yeah. Right. Um, or he can say, Hey, yeah, you can do this building, but watch out. I know it's cheap, but this rental, you know, this landlord is going to nickel and dime you for everything. Yeah. Right. So pointing out those headaches for you to have a good quality of life, you're going to sign a long-term lease is, is so important. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times you, you get what you pay for, right? So if you go the cheapest route, which is fine, but you just got to be prepared that, Hey, you might deal with them nickel and diamond for you every time a light bulb goes out. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's the whole beautiful thing about our market and our, and our, you know, once you have a market learning it, understanding it because then you really can provide value outside of just economics. Yeah. Right. Now I'm trying to think here in regard to just the expenses and everything that come, that come along with the deals. You would, that can be the, the biggest one that most individuals aren't familiar with, or are there other, you know, expenses that are associated when it, when it comes to 
getting into leasing or buying big big properties and things like that. No, I, I wouldn't say. Um, I think people don't realize what it costs to get an office up up and running. Yeah. Right. So a lot of companies have to wire space. That ain't fucking cheap. No. Um, furniture. Thank God we don't have to do that shit. Yeah. Furniture is not cheap. Yep. Um, What's a move out typically cost? Because that's something we're going to have to eat. And I'm thinking about that. I'm like, what's yeah, it going to... Yeah. I mean, not, not much. Um, I mean... It, you think I can get away with moving half of this shit out for four grand, three grand? Because of how flexible you guys are? Yes. Um, because you guys can man up and move some of this yourself? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, the larger square footage you have and the more furniture you have... Yeah, right. It can get expensive, but that's yep. why we negotiate free rent up front, right? Yep. Hey, Mister across the street, we have moving the cost. So if you want us to move over there, we need X amount of months free to help with those moving costs, yep. right? So that's the whole game. Um, but even like think about business cards. You move, you got to change the address on the business card. Yeah. Right. Stuff like that. It's kind of you don't think about. Um, but that's what that's. That's the fun part of my job is like, hey, do you have a furniture guy? Do you have an electrician guy? Like, you know, just, yeah. it's asking all those questions so you're, you're prepared for the move. Yeah. yeah. So what's the future look like? What's the, you know, what does the next five to seven years look like for, for you? Great, oh, for me or for the industry? Kind of kind of both. You know, what's, what's your feels? What's your vibe? Yeah. So um, industry, you know, I never thought what I do for a living would be the headlines um, of the business world the last 24 months because of COVID. Yeah. Right. Everyone's working from home and hybrid model. Is it a good fit? Is it long term? So that's where everyone's still trying to figure out what I would tell you. And I'll be bullish on it. Um, without trying to seem, um, slanted is majority of my clients who are business owners who write the rent check want to be back in the office. Yeah. Right, they they see the product the productivity, they understand People it. People don't work from home. Your home is your fucking home. Right. No, and again, it works. It works for some people, not yeah, all. I it guess I shouldn't for, say everybody right. doesn't and work it, from home. And, but here's the thing: is what these owners are struggling to do is how do we convince these employees to come back without losing them? Yeah. Right. And so they're going through this, and a lot of them are now just ripping the bandaid off and say, yep. "Hey, if you can go to bars and you can go to concerts and you can go to restaurants." You can come to the office. Yeah. Right. And um, I think the, in, I think I should say furthermore to follow up on that, the intentionality and the productivity and correspondence with an in-office presence for me, I tell these guys, you know, I would prefer to always be in office because it's kind of like going to the gym and you working out alone. No one's saying you can't have a great workout, but when you work out and your friends there, yeah. you, you know what I mean? You're automatically, you're looking over what weights he lifting or, or how fast is she walking or how fast is she running, whatever it might be. And you're comparing and contrasting and you're just naturally wanting to do more. You're just that, that can, that, that in a can competitive nature that every 100%. human being has that fight or flight mentality of like, I just have to do better. It only helps you in the long run. Yeah, it do. And the other part is, you know, we're, we are social beings. Yeah. Right? So having people talk to I think to that's them. what's wrong with the world, too. Like how we were outside, you know, me growing up in the South. Like I was outside right. growing up. Even when my parents split up and I came up to the North, I was like, every day I just want to go outside right. and play, you know, right. kickball or, you know, whatever it might be. You know, and, and, and with that, I feel like nowadays everyone's just on their phone or I like little kids, little, little kids. I can't even remember. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, it's, like it and so the other thing with the work from home is we all have competitors 
in our industries, right? Yeah. Can you be the, can you afford to be the one that doesn't work in the office? Yeah. Right. Are you going to lose that competitive edge? Right. Yeah. And then how also for you, and I know you're big on mentoring relationships is, you know, if these guys are working from home, how are they going to see their career path? Yep. Who's going to be their mentor? Who's, how are they going to see the next step? How are they can get promoted? Right. Um, and so owners get it. Business owners get it. And I think a lot of them are getting frustrated with it and eventually are just going to, you know, pull the ripcord. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, obviously with COVID always changing, it kind of like pushes it back. Right. We kept saying, okay, September of last year, things are coming back. And then it was January of this year. Things well, are I just back. now started to see in the news some vetoes, like even New York, which I considered very just liberal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and uh, they seem to have vetoed mask mandates i don't yeah. know if i saw that i have no idea what any of the shit means i have my lawyer on here actually yeah and it was cool because you mentioned you wanted to get in the law and we were talking about i was asking him, i was just curious i was like you know what what's up with the vax mandates and the mask mandates and he's like technically roe versus wade if you were put in a situation where where you didn't want to participate yeah you know what i mean like i'm not i never go out of my way like i was telling you i don't go out of my way to piss people off I, you know what i mean i pretty much stay in the office right but but there there does come a you know time and a place when someone starts to invade your personal being and space and I'm like, can they really mandate you to do something to your body, you know? And he's like, well, technically, with with the Roe versus Wade case, you you know what I mean, the right to your own privacy or your own being that 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 people aren't able to force you right. to do what you don't want to do with with your body. Yeah, it's uh, so it's confusing to me because it looks like some of these these where what I would consider like like a liberal capital to start to go back on, on, you know, what they were even expecting. So I was like, that's got to flood over to Chicago here. Yeah, man. It, it, unfortunately, people, again, people are pissed off. Yeah. Right? And to a point where, like, the Cameo CEO just came out with the article um, this week, I think I'll send it to you, where he basically ran an experiment because he came, he was one of the first guys that came out to get, you know, the Cameo app with the celebrities. Yeah. And he's one of the first ones that came out and said, hey, we're going to be fully remote. Right? Yeah. No one needs to come to the office. Well, fast forward 18, 24 months later, he realized productivity was starting to take a hit. And so basically what he did was he brought X amount of people back to the office. And what he found out in that experiment is they were four times more productive, meaning they did four days work, work of work in one day. Yeah. So like stuff like that, you know, people are going to start reading that stuff and be like, okay, it's time. Yeah, right? exactly. And, again, and I'm not saying you have to be in the office from... 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. I think if you want to go to a 3 p.m. dentist appointment on Tuesday, go. Yeah. Right. I think that might be the nice thing about COVID is you won't be so frowned upon. Hey, I got to pick up my kid on Tuesday and Thursdays. I'll be leaving early, but obviously I'll be working from home. Yeah. Right. I think that's the stuff that um, might be a positive of COVID is there'll be more flexibility. Yeah. Where um, maybe you're working from home a couple couple of days a week, right? Or, you know, when you do come to the office, because you're not a full-time employee in the office, they call, they call it hoteling stations where there's a cube there for you, but Tuesday it's going to be for him and Wednesday it's going to be for him. Yeah. Right? So there'll be pros for it for sure. Um, it just, you know, I think, you know, I would tell you summer is kind of where we're seeing it now with this whole Omicron or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But, you know, people are, what I will tell you, it's, People are, you know, owners of companies are starting to make, starting to be ready to make decisions. Um, and it's cool to kind of be on the front line when it comes to what the office space needs to be um, to help them get back. So, 
So my next question leads into books. Maybe like one one of your favorite books, maybe your top two or three. Actually, I would just tell you one that um, I just finished. Uh, it's called Atomic Habits. Yeah, great book. And so, um, you know, what I'll tell you is but, it's yeah. it's just a good reminder on certain shit where, you know, the way I, the, what I took out of it was. James Clear. Yes. And um, what I took out of it was, you know, the standard's a standard. Yep. Right. And you set goals and aspirations for yourself and don't self-negotiate with yourself. Yep. Right. Don't say it's okay to be in the office at 7.15 when you set the goal to be there at 7 a.m. Yep. Right. Um, it's funny we're having this conversation because it's the two-year anniversary of Kobe passing away today. Yep. And that's a guy um, that, you know, lived and breathed hard work, right, and not accepting anything less for himself, but anything around, any people around him, right? If you're going to hang out with Kobe, you were going to meet his standards, else you weren't welcoming him on his team. Yep. Right? And that's why him and Shaq never got along until Shaq started respecting him because he was holding Shaq to a certain level and Shaq was getting away with just banking on his talent, right? Um, cool. I don't know if you know the story with Kobe, but... Um, probably Kobe's last year, second to last year, they draft this kid, Julius Randle out of Kentucky, uh, first round pick. And, you know, he's starting off slow um, his, his rookie season. Well, Julius Randle's from Dallas. They're You know, Lakers got a road trip to Dallas um, for a weight game on Sunday night. They get in Saturday night. You know, Randle's got big plans to meet up with family and friends. You know, his first time back from since being in the NBA. They get off the plane, and Kobe goes to Randall. He goes, you know, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, oh, I got big plans. You know, he's like, no, nah, you're coming to the gym with me. And Randall's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. He's like, no, nah, you're coming to the gym. So they, they ran out this high school gym. They put up 1,000 shots, and they made it tradition that Randall was going to join Kobe. Every time they're away game, um, they were going to rent a gym after they got off the plane. Fast forward. um, Julius Randle's now an all-star for the New York Knicks, and he continues to do this tradition. And so, you know, I think it was Detroit, gets off the plane, goes and rents this high school gym, and the maintenance guy lets him out, lets him in, and he's like, man, it's good to see um, NBA players are still doing this. He's like, what do you mean? He goes, you know, the only guy I've seen in the last 10 years be here is Kobe Bryant. And, like, Randle's just like, man, full circle, you know, like, guy preached you know did what he preached and i mean it's just kind of just shows you you know you you set standards you set work ethic and you follow that man um the sky's the limit without a doubt absolutely absolutely so i always lead into some of my other favorite toxic topics favorite food growing up greek did you have <laughs> a lot of did you have a lot of greek homemade oh yeah food? yeah we do you know. like that uh, Greek restaurant right there? I do, I do. Is There's, that any good, like, in comparison, like, real good, authentic Greek food? It's not the worst, not the best. Yeah? Um, What's the best? I mean, I'll tell you... Mom and Dad? Yeah, and then, you know, like, you can go to Greek Town in Chicago, and, um, you know, actually, if you stay away from the main ones, and you go to, like, a bar called, like, Spectrum in Chicago, and you get the land chops there, they're unreal. Um, now, do you say gyro or gyro, like gyro? I say gyro. Um, I'm the most American Greek you're going to meet. Um, Why, is it not gyro? 
No, it's Euro. Yeah. Are yeah. you sure? It's, yeah. Isn't it a G Y R O? G Y R O. But I mean, I I think there's probably an accent to the Euro. I'm probably not saying it right, right there, myself. It's not G. It's G Y R O. And you say Euro. Yeah. Yeah. Where does the U come in? No fucking clue. It's got to be Greek, part of the Greek language of how you switch that GY. Do you like gyros? Yeah, love or them. euros? Yeah, I yeah. should say. I love. I love lamb chops, man. Love lamb chops. Yeah. So Capital Grill has good lamb chops. They do. Um, baklava is that Greek? Baklava is Greek. I um, love baklava. It's delicious. Um, it's probably my one of my favorite desserts. Is baklava. It's, it's delicious, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the Greeks Greeks do it right. So do, do Italian, like my mother-in-law is unreal. Yeah. Right? Uh, What's your fa- what are some of your favorite dishes? We're in food, so now we got to... Oh, man. We got to go out to eat. Um, yeah, we do. I mean, it's... I can eat anything, right? Um, you, you nailed it. But like a good burger is good to me. Um, you know, there's a venison burger. I had, uh, this kid, he did an interim trip with us, and his dad is a percentage owner in the Gibsons right down the road. Yeah. <laughs> And he told me one of the best burgers he's ever had is in the city of Chicago. And I, I, I could, I could text him right now and ask him. It's probably like Oshaval is known for their burger. I think he says Oshaval. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're known. Like every time you walk to Oshaval is in the West Loop. Um, and like Tuesday at 10 a.m. there's a line out the door. Yeah. yeah. Holy hell. Yeah. And it's good. It's really good. I like if you ever go up north, it might just be Pennsylvania, but Burgatory. Yeah. And heard. you can do custom built. You yeah, know what I mean? From yeah. the meat to, everything yeah i mean there's there's i mean i'll tell you right now the one the one big pro of chicago man is there there's some good eats yeah there really is yeah there is um and all all aspects of food some right? michelin star restaurants i don't know if you're yeah. familiar oh yeah with oh, the yeah. michelin stars that's kind of cool but those you really kind of get into just fancy looking you know what i mean obviously they got to taste yeah. good but. yeah and, and some are really some are really fucking good yeah and some are like man i'd rather go to that mom and pop yeah, dude. Dog hot dog joint down the street. Dog. <laughs> right? And so that's the cool best part about Chicago is you get these mom and pop and like Oh I, hell yeah. So I lived in River North um in my mid twenties and I couldn't find um a good pizza delivery spot for the life of me because rent drove out the mom and pop spots. Yeah. But when you come out to Lombard over here, or you come out where I grew up in Addison, the small mom and pop pizza joint that's like two feet two people big. What's it called? Uh the one I'm thinking of in Addison's Nardi's. If you guys haven't tried it, it's fantastic. I've heard of that. Is it's is, like it's 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 like ten minutes from here. We do Giordano's. Yeah. See, see, so Giordano's is a chain. Yeah. Right. So I challenge you to look up and find. Would you say Nardi's is your favorite pizza? Yeah, and I'm I'm probably biased on is it. Is it deep dish or no? It's it's like oh, it's it's just regular pizza. But again, it's it comes in that box with the with the. You know the the cover of it's the you know the country Italy and it's got the pizza the pizza logo. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's there's only one of them, and it's a family that runs it, old school. Um, but that's that's the stuff I love, right? Those kind of hidden gems, those hole in the walls that you would never think, but they're sneaky good. Nardi's Pizza. Do they deliver? You think they would deliver here? It would be close. Yeah, It'd be I don't close. Know. But. So Nardi's favorite pizza place. You have a favorite restaurant, or you just kind of whatever. Yeah, there's a GT Fish and Oyster in Chicago is probably my favorite. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, I just it's like favorite meals, you know. Um, but again, I'm not like snobby where you, you can you can get me to go get a you know a five dollar burger somewhere. Like yep. I, you know, I I'm putting this on my notes. Yeah, I love I love food. Um, and that's that's actually part of Bespoke's culture, 
right, is the, the food aspect where we, we take the team out all the time and we have good food and good drink and um, you the value of just being together around oh, the table yeah, is you, crazy, you man. You can't, yeah. You, there's so much value in taking people out to eat. I'd be telling my young leaders that, you know what I mean, they don't take people out to eat enough, but nobody listens until I... <laughs> I go out it's there tough, and man. It's find the, the next person to pass somebody up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and, and I I had to learn it too, and I'm still learning it. Is you know, um, it's putting the extra work in, putting the extra hours in, and enjoying it. Yeah, right. Where we feel like Tristan and me are gonna go out to eat, and it doesn't feel like a client relationship. It feels like a genuine friendship. Yeah, genuine friendship. Right, and um, that's something I I'm I'm getting better at. Right, yep. where you know, it sucks. I don't go home to my wife and my kid. Yeah. But then the end game is so more important to have a relationship with Tristan for he trusts me and yeah. I get to learn who he is for, I can kind of understand how you, you know, how you work. Yeah. Right. Um, and that ultimately just leads to, I can just come out and ask you flat out hard questions and you have no problem answering them truthfully because you got to learn a little more about me. Right. That's yeah. what this conversation is doing right now. Yeah. Right. And so it, that's, I was happy to come on here because it was like, what do I know about Tristan? Do I know anything about him? Right. And just talking to you, it's like we're wired very similarly. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a lot of our, you know, a lot of the things that are important to us at the core are similar. Yeah. Right? Facts. What about your hobbies outside of work? Obviously you have a family, but like, is there anything that you love doing, yeah. collecting or you'd so like I, to put your money into? Yeah. So I love, I love basketball. Um, we used to play every Saturday and I, that was my favorite thing to do. Um, COVID's kind of fucked that up a little. Um, where'd you guys play? We'd just run a rec center up and we'd get 10 or 11 guys and play five on five. And it was yep. just the best, the best, cause it was all best buddies playing and we we're all the same level of, you know, yeah. talent. Um, dude, you should come in a lifetime in Oakbrook. Yeah. I don't know how close you are. Yeah. No, I mean, see, and it's got like four courts. Right. Nice so my problem, with, my problem with lifetime and stuff is $180 a month. Yeah. And so I used to do rec leagues or, you know, leagues and then you, you run into those guys who don't realize you got to wake up on Monday and go to work. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I can't break my leg today. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. um, that's my, I can't problem. even imagine. I haven't stepped really on the court to anybody, yeah. you know, in a long time. Cause I did mess my ankle up with, right. with a guy in this office and I was like, yeah, I keep doing this. I'm done doing this right. shit. But, you know, I honestly, right now, man, my, my life consists of going home um, to my toddler and playing with her. And yep. she is so much fun. Christmas was a blast. You know, she's yeah. like two and a half, so she understands the whole Santa's coming. She actually was terrified of Santa. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just, you know, it, it's it's still at the stage where when I walk in, she stops whatever the hell she's doing and runs to the door and gives me a hug. Yeah. And I understand. Those moments. Yeah. I understand it's not going to happen forever. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, but that's my why. Right? Yeah. That's, that's my motor. My, my wife, my kid and the kid on the way is yep. the reason I work as hard as I do. You and know, if it's a girl or a boy. No, we're going to be surprised. Yeah. Um, secretly. You're wishing. going with a surprise. Did yeah. You we do were, a surprise the first time. We did. And that was easier because at that point you didn't really care if it was a girl or a boy. I'd be lying to you today if I told you I don't care on this one. Yeah. Obviously, I kind of want the the boy. I've yeah, seen, dude. I've, obviously, health number one. But you know, if, you ha if I had my choice, um, but no. Regardless, we're gonna be super happy. Either Milo has a sister, um, or you know, I get my boy. Yeah. So it'll be you just know, keep it, taking shots. You know how sales yeah. works, dude. Right. Yeah. Keep, exactly. Yeah. Keep taking shots. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got to work out in your favor. But no, it, I mean, I, I'm excited. 
you know, again, you're, you're mid twenties, low, young yeah, 20s? So, yeah. 23 Jordan year. Yeah, dude. So 20, 23 is one of my favorite years, man. Cause you like, um, again, it's, it's I feel good, like I'm like, kind of like, like, a, like for sure, like you can put an emphasis on like the man, like just transitioning. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, well, you, you learn, you're like, now you, you earn some stripes. Yep. Um, you know what work ethic is. Um, you know that you have a, been well, fucked up a little bit in life. Yeah, exactly, you know but you're still, it's still acceptable, right? Yeah, exactly. So that that's the cool part is you still you can right you can balance be back, back and forth of like hey be irresponsible, but yeah. Um, you know, I mean, my mid twenties and late twenties was full of going out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and yeah. But I was in the office at seven. Yeah, exactly. Right, and so um, and we have a bunch of guys that, um. Uh, part of bespoke that are like that right now and I, I miss it yeah, yeah right i miss seeing these guys they're like hey we're just gonna stay after have drinks at the bar and then we're going to this bar for a club and then we got a well i actually a DJ. I, ha- I haven't gone out since i was 17 18 years old for me fucked up in life is i like fucked up my business yeah <laughs> or like you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like individuals quitting on you you guys have probably you know what i mean experience oh yeah I'll, I'll tell you right now man patience i'll tell you right now that's not gonna change no not at all right? you're gonna continue to fuck up yeah um, not at all and i did try to take everybody out for my t- my for my birthday this this past year to turn in 23 right and went to some place and i did this was my first because i didn't go out for 21 i didn't yeah. go out for 22 and i was like you know what i've never been out i'll go out i'll have one drink you know what I mean? Because I was a wild ass kid, wild as hell. So I have no desire to drink or do anything because I was going to college parties at 12, system, yeah. 12, 13 years old. You right, know what I mean? Right. So uh, we go to some place in Chicago. And long story short, dude, you know, I, I had, by the end of the night, I didn't even drink. I got three, because it looked cool. I got three or four bottles of Ace of Spades. They brought me this bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, that, that bitch said $12,000. And I was like, there is no fucking way I'm ever going out again until, you know what I mean? I've got millions liquid. It was funny. You know what I mean? It's funny because I literally just gave the young guys my credit card um, to go interview a kid. Yeah. I checked my fucking credit card the next day. I'm like, $500 for fucking couple drinks? What the hell do you guys do? Yeah, right? dude. Um, but that was part of the process, right? So that's, that's the cool part about going out and sharing drinks is all of a sudden this guy who thinks he's going to get the job loosens up a little. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you start to ask him questions, and you start being a little more honest, and you can learn who tr- his true character. Yeah. Can he handle himself after a couple of drinks? Yeah, exactly. Right? And so, like, these, they don't realize it's a test, um, but 100% is. Yeah. And it's like, if you're going to, you know, get this loose around us, what are you going to do around clients? Around the clients. Right? And so, some guys handle themselves really well, and some guys we've not hired because they don't wow. handle themselves well. And so, that's another- So key. Yeah. And so, like, for instance- the way that interview process went is he met with the guy met with with Pete. Pete said, "Okay, Steve, I think it's worth your time. So Emily and you are going to sit down with him. Yeah, and then he's going to go out with the young guys, and we'll get all hands on deck approval before we hire him. Yeah, because it's so important that these guys that are working their ass off from seven to six p.m. every night, if we're going to bring someone into their atmosphere, sit right next to them, it better not mess up the momentum and the culture they have. Yeah, it better be a good asset to the team." And if the guys don't feel that way, fuck them. We don't yeah. need we don't need that guy, right? We'll go find the guy who will fit in. Um, and so that's that is the I cannot I cannot stress that if you have a bad apple in your company. Well, Warren Buffett hire like he hires and invests in correspondence with character. Like when he's investing in yep. different companies and certain things like that, and doing like any 
the simplest way to understand like his stock analysis and investments is just based off he looks at the owners and the you know whatever it is that's contributing or creating that company what's their character right. you know what i mean how do they right. how do they treat their families their friends themselves what's their 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 growth plan and whether that be on an individual basis and their business basis so i think that's that's uh you know that's a skill set we try to implement here just like yeah, you guys yeah. it's important man how often do you take people golfing huh um that's a good question. So in the summer, I would try to tell you I get on the golf course once, let's say one and a half times every two weeks. Yeah, um, I'm not good. Yeah, I'm not um, good at all. But we'll, we'll we'll take you to Smart Golf. I did. Park. Yeah, dude, we're gonna have to because I did. I did my first real estate deal. They took me on a golf course. You know what I mean? The guys that yeah. I was, they were yeah. trying to. I don't know if they were. They they thought they were gonna close me. I was like already closed. Right. Right. And. You know, we we tee off on the first hole, and and I think it was pretty much after the first hole that they just had me just keep score. <laughs> uh, no, we'll get through. So you just gotta. Like, get but through. I was like, yeah. hey, look, you guys are good. I'm gonna just take calls. Yeah. We're good on this deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, but I'm telling you, like, if you're competitive and you're looking for something, golf is 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 a hell of a game because the mental aspect, dude. Right, where you have a bad shot, you have to forget about it because the next shot's coming up. Yeah. Right. Um. And there's, you know, it's a game. With, it's there's no. It pisses me off because I can hit a 90 mile per hour fastball, but this ball, this ball that's not moving on the ground for some reason, I can't hit it flush. Yeah. Right. Um. But like, like I said, there's a lot of, it's a lot of benefits to it. I didn't truly fully understand it until probably my late 20s when I got into it. Yeah. Um. And again, I'm not any good. Um. But just just the conversations you have in the golf cart with people that either know more than you yeah, um, or just building relationships. You just learn so much. And Can't beat a good golf cart and a cigar. No, that's the other part, right? You, yeah, what, what, what can you beat? You're outside, you have a cigar in your hand, and, and you're having a good conversation, yeah. right? And again, if you're you're smart enough and you ask good questions, you'll, you'll learn something every time, yeah. right? And um, again, it... To me, it's so important to learn who the person is. Yeah, facts. And, you know, that's a great way to get Because, again, it's, it's frowned upon to me on your phone. Yeah. So it's like they have no choice, and you have no choice, but to give them your undivided attention. Yeah. Right? And it, it does feel good to kind of, you know, not, you know, put your phone down and get, get outside for three hours and not think about work, even though you are working. Yep. Right? Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I didn't think I ever would. But I, I do enjoy it. So yeah. But what about movies? Do you have any favorite movies? Oh yeah. Um, it's like a top top two or three favorite movies. Shawshank Redemption. Fire movie. Um, I am actually a big fan of Forrest Gump. Yeah. It's um, a good movie. But yeah, I mean, anything DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio does is phenomenal. Yep. Um, do you, have you seen The Revenant? Yes. Fire yes. movie. Yeah. I mean, that movie's insane. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he filmed it pretty much by himself without talking. Right. Um, in actual climate weather. Um, yeah, he's he's phenomenal. I didn't know it was an actual. Yeah, they went to wherever it was filmed. He filmed it there. Yeah, it wasn't like a... And he did most of his stunts. So, That's insane. And then I think, uh, and I could be wrong on this, but that bear scene where he's like eating it, he legit eats it. Wow. Yeah, he's nuts. That's insane. Yeah, but that's like, but there's, there's another embodying yeah it's example of perfecting your craft yes right we're fusing this is your standard i'm gonna make it real yes right and i don't need 
a stunt double to roll down a hill, right? Yeah, like Mamba it, mentality. Yeah, exactly, man. It, 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 the standard, again, it, it's kind of my mantra though, for 2022, standard's the standard. Standard's the standard. And, like, don't don't self-negotiate. Don't sleep in. Yeah, I'm get putting to, that in my business group when we get hop off here in yeah, a minute. Yeah. And that's actually, I sold it from Mike Tomlin, the Steelers. Yeah? Yeah. He's I like, like the Cowboys, yeah. despite being from Pittsburgh, kind of from Pittsburgh. Cowboys, uh... They're a hell of a team, man. We rep so our parent company represents the Cowboys. Oh, that's what you're telling. Yeah. Yeah, Globe yeah, Life yeah. is the official life insurance company for the Cowboys. America's team. I just saw yep. a stat: the top ten most watched games this year, eight out of ten were Cowboy games. Yep, because America still loves them. Cowboys, dude. Yeah, I, I loved being at. We were at the. I don't know if it was their opener, but. Cowboys versus Eagles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, the first game. game yeah, too. It was a great game. We It was cool to be in our suite. Uh, this is the second time I've been in a Globe Life suite. It's real cool, you know what I mean, being involved with the company out of, out of high school just uh, just to see the legitimacy, the history, and, and the, the credibility in the company. It's real cool. Yeah, so how did you email? That's how I got involved. No shit. Yeah, weird-ass resume, automated sales nice. email, and I went in and checked it out. Some middle-aged dude took me for a ride in a Maserati Gran Turismo, and I was fucking sold, yeah. dude. You know what I mean? Talking about, you know, lights off, water off at the house, no food. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. broke as hell to me seeing a Maserati and, like, being able to touch it, you know? So it was like... What's, uh... So what's what, what's your why? What's your drive? Why, why? My why is the pursuit of excellence now, in addition to, you know, obviously my mom, little sister's down there. She's working here now as well, but... I would say, my, like, for me, the most compelling thing for me is, you know, we, we only have one life to live, and I feel like it's, it's a damn shame to take any breath and not be considering and, and actively pursuing excellence in every way, shape, and form of, of an aspect of your life, mentally, physically, spiritually. Like, you know what I mean? I've, I've, I've been disciplined, so disciplined for the last four or five years of my life to the extent of, you know, I, there's not many individuals that, that I would, that would, that would fare against me in my in my level of discipline except for eating and now i've just i've just honed in on my diet now you know for for yeah, the yeah. last two or three months and it's really just a i have this this desire to i think it's you know i've been reading some stoicism you know i think it's marcus aurelius it's like what what good does a man do if he doesn't extract you know his greatest form of himself you know in 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 yeah. his or her life yeah. you know so I think that would be my number one and like one A would be just giving my mom the world yeah. as well. But I think, you know, your self pursuit is the only thing that's going to allow you to do anything for anybody else. So, yeah, no, I, it resonates big time, man. I mean, like for instance, yeah, like Monday get better, Tuesday get better, Wednesday get better. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the self improvement that 1% Absolutely. every day, you know, and like what's weird about me and I didn't know about it. I didn't, I didn't realize this until a few years ago. It was like, what the hell motivates me? Yeah. Right. Cause you know, I had a conversation with, with Vic and he's like, dude, I don't get you. He goes, you know, you finally made some money and I'm trying to get you to get to the next step. And it just seems like there's a roadblock. And so I realized very quickly there, like money, nice things, they didn't motivate me. Yeah. And then I started thinking about it and I go, what, what drives me is the opposite. It's experiencing being broke. Yeah. Knowing I don't want to go ever back there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And knowing that, I made $500 a month for 12 to 24 months that I had to pay back. Yeah. It was a loan. Yeah. Right. And not being able to afford a taxi. So I'd run 20 minutes in the rain to the, to the train station 
soaking wet in my you know my hundred dollar suit yeah yeah right that's the stuff i don't ever want to get back to yeah like, amen those are the best stories yeah i mean like it was just like fresh when I, on my mind when i when i sleep in what motivates me to get out of bed it goes it, it, i go back to my girlfriend who's not my wife um we would go out to lunch friday um and i would be cowardly in line behind her so she would pay for her meal because I couldn't afford to pay it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Dead. Compelling. I mean, that still, when I even say that. Yeah, yeah. Gets me going. Yeah. Right? Never, ever. Yeah. Am I going back there near that? Yeah. Right? And it's not so much having nice things now. That's just the benefit of hard work. Yep. But what gets me out of bed is knowing what broke feels like. Yeah. Knowing what rock bottom feels like. And never want to get near it. Yeah, I've got this sick competitive nature as well. I feel the same in you where I'm like, if not only now, I, to an extent, it was like if I see someone else doing it, I know I can do better. But if I know someone out there can do or is doing something, I know that I can fucking, you know, give it a shot. Right. You and, know? Yeah. And, so, and, and, and I'm, I'm not giving it a shot to come close to them. I'm giving it a shot to absolutely destroy them. Anybody right. in any place, anytime, anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. My mindset is like, you know, I, I don't want to beat you. I want to absolutely take your soul, you okay. know? So I think that that it's like a sickening desire. Like, if I know someone else can, can do it in, in this way, shape, or form, it's like, I got to get there. Right. I can do it. And again, I think both of us were lucky in a sense where we kind of stumbled into a good company and good people. Yep. Right? So there's definitely a... Great place, great coaches. Right, right. And so there is definitely a, a, a portion of luck that plays into both our stories but it's what you do with it. Absolutely. Right. And so, um, I'm very thankful and understand that I was presented an opportunity. I'm glad that my 20 year old self realized it was an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the goal, like you said, is to make sure that you don't leave anything on the table. Like yeah. when you can lay your head at night and realize, Hey, I gave it a, a good effort today. Yeah. Right. That's how you go to bed easy. Facts. Instead of, you know, just showing up and not doing much and going through the motions you lay at night. And I'm like, wait, that little girl is sleeping down the hall from me. I didn't give her my best today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, and you don't need to have a family. You don't need to have a daughter to have that motivation. Like you just find what clicks for you. And that's, that's what's important. And like, you know, I didn't realize how important that was at a young age. And I wish I, I understood like, you got to find your why you got to find your motivation. You got to find that drive. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's the reason you're going to wake up and work harder than your buddies. Yep. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, there's a lot of heartache in what we do, but the, the, the rewards are insane. Absolutely, bro. Well, as we wrap up, who do you want to shout out? What do you want to shout out? Any companies, friends? Oh uh, no, just yourself. The, yeah, just no, just the no. I'm good. It's just the Beast Boat crew. I love those guys. Um, the whole team. And then again, I'll, I'll shout out you, man. You uh, you've been nothing but phenomenal to us. I've really enjoyed learning more about your guys' company and learning who you are. You know, I I'm damn impressed by you, man. And you know, I don't even care if you're ten years younger than me. I'm learning a ton from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the that's huge. Is you got to be humble enough to realize you can learn something from anyone winners just want to win bro yeah. it don't matter oh, exactly you know what i mean it don't matter what who what who's fucking saying it if it's winning let's run the fucking play yeah dude and again like this this kind of conversation is gonna wire me tomorrow yeah right i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and be like fuck, 
I gotta I gotta practice what I preach with Tristan. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and bro. I'm gonna fucking beat Cody in the office tomorrow. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there's the stuff that uh like you said the competitive nature in us. Yes. But um, whatever tricks you gotta play to yourself, like for instance, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, Michael Jordan story. He's playing the Knicks and this rookie's going off on him. Yeah. Right. And rookie puts up 20 at halftime, and goes up to Jordan per Jordan's telling the story. Yeah. And he's like, good game. So Jordan took offense to that. Second half just went nuts on him. Yeah. You know, scored like 40. And Jordan tells the story, right? You know, this punk-ass kid said, good game to me, and I went nuts to him. Well, they asked the punk kid, and the kid goes, I never said that. Yeah. I'm too afraid to go talk to Jordan. Jordan made that made up in his up. head. Yeah. To motivate him. Like, whatever you have to do. Yes. Do it. Yeah, that story's nuts. Yeah. Like, to think how sick he is to know he needs something to get him going. Yeah. So he just makes up a fucking story. Yep. And then goes for 40. Yes. But Shit's insane what it takes. Yeah. Well, peace out, podcast. We love you. Go ahead and uh, share it if you want. But uh, awesome. Appreciate you, man. Great episode, bro. Yep.